Inspiration now in session. Inspire guys, people. My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? I can't believe y'all let me have a show. We going higher and higher, let me inspire you. Guys, people, I see you, let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggle to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your jeans. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. And I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's People. I don't believe in love at first sight, romantically. Like, I believe you can fall in love with your child from first sight. Like, you can see the little baby after it's born. Oh, I see you, I love you. Oh, I see you, I love you. And I'm sure some other examples that I'm not thinking of right now where you can fall in love at first sight. But from a romantic perspective, I can't see it. Y'all gonna have to hit me up and let me know, hey, we've been married for 35 years and we just saw each other and fell in love. Maybe I believe it, but do I really? Nope. I believe love, real love happened somewhere along the way. Why do I say that? Because I don't think it's possible to have a surface level, superficial experience with something and walk away with the in-depth you know, personal emotion and feeling of substance. Like love is one of the most complete things in creation. And so I don't think you could just simply see something and understand unconditional love. Now that also doesn't mean that superficial and surface level things aren't important. I actually think they are quite important because they trigger you and allow you to want to pursue something even further. You know what I mean? If it wasn't important how you look, then none of us would go shopping at the mall. There would be no clothing stores, no shoe stores. There would be no makeup stores for the ladies. You get what I'm saying? All of this stuff does matter. We see this with something as simple as a job interview. It's extremely important that you present yourself well and look a certain type of way at a job interview. But it's even more important that you have something of substance to say and present while you're in that interview. Imagine if they just simply hired you because you look good. Oh man, this is job love at first sight. I don't even have to talk to you and find out what you're about. I know that you're the person for this job. Hey, it probably happened to you before and you probably also either got fired or quit that job two months later, but who am I? I don't know everything. I could be dead wrong. I guess what I'm trying to say ultimately is that things on the surface don't always tell the full story. So when you look at something, you can't know everything about it just by seeing it. And so that's why it's hard for me to believe that you can have something as complete as real love and true love, unconditional love for something that you only understand on a surface level. All right. My wife watches a lot of behind the scenes type shows. She's one of those people that wants to watch something like Aerial America and How It Was Made. And I remember one time on How It Was Made and they were going through the process of how a hot dog is made. Let me tell you something. If you ever wanna fall out of love with a hot dog, look up how a hot dog is made. It is the most disgusting process known to man. 
And what I understood by watching the complete process was like, man, I know nothing about hot dogs. My relationship with hot dogs is pretty much on a picnic level. You get what I'm saying? It's pretty much like, hey, grab that off the grill, throw that on the bun, and go ahead and, you know, hit it with the chili. I like the chili. Throw a little bit of mustard on there. We might mess around and have a barbecue sauce going. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm hungry right now. But my point is, I didn't know everything there was to know about a hot dog. And so I could easily go from thinking I love hot dogs to learning more and understanding more about a hot dog and then literally giving them up. Like, you know what? That's not good for me. That's grossing me out. And now I'm done with hot dogs because I want to live longer and be more healthy so I don't eat them. I'm not saying me. I'm just saying a person could do that. And my point is, if that were to happen, then that's a conditional love of hot dogs. It changes based on the more you understand and know about it. And so what am I saying? It's hard to say you love something that you don't know. See, superficial things cater to all of our right senses. You get what I'm saying? It's almost like when you're shopping and you're hungry. You know, they say don't do that because you'll go in the grocery store and now everything is catering to that feeling of hunger that you have in that moment. But then you get home and that feeling goes away, that condition goes away, and now you're looking at all this stuff that you actually purchased with a smile on your face. Like, oh yeah, I'm killed, oh, this about to be good. And you get home like, why did I buy this? We have to be more grounded and understand the full picture before we jump into things based on a surface level experience. We have to get behind the scenes. When I was in college, we used to watch Cribs. And they would go around to celebrities' houses and they show you the behind the scenes. And you know what I realized even from that? Sometimes you can't even trust the behind the scenes. Sometimes it's a layer even more beyond that. People started telling stories about what was happening on cribs. And a lot of those houses did not even belong to those people. The cars didn't belong to them. They had rented cars and rented houses. I've read some actually crazy stories about some of these celebrities on cribs where they were renting other people's house out and it wasn't supposed to go on cribs and just all type of weird things. And it helped me understand even more that we have to be careful what we covet, especially when it's based on a surface level understanding of something. Because let's be real, I'll speak for myself, especially being young and in college, I was watching cribs thinking like, oh my God, God, if I just had that car, if I just had that house, and you're sitting here coveting after something that's not even real. You want something that's not real. I believe this is how the enemy sometimes plays into our senses and shows us superficial things that we should lust or want and run after. And we do that, and then we get the superficial thing and start understanding the depth of it. And it's like, oh, I don't want the rented crib. I didn't know that he was just borrowing the car for two hours. I don't want that. But it's like, no, you said you want what he has, but you didn't understand what he has or what she has. And so ultimately, sometimes we have to take a deep breath, peel back the layers of things before we jump to conclusions, because, you know, we have this urge to just jump to a conclusion within 10 seconds on something. It's like you see someone and you just want to love them or hate them right there. You either want to 
marry him or never see him again based on uh, that first impression. And I know they say the first impression is an everlasting impression. But if we're being real, first impressions are also incomplete. I can remember about five or six years ago, a couple invited my wife and I over for dinner. I'm not even sure what they had going on. I could tell you this, they never invited us back. And I know the husband at least listens to my show sometimes. So what up, bruh? You know who you are. We ain't got an invite in a long time. Steve Bennett Jr. Steve Bennett Jr. Anyway, they had a nice home. And I can remember walking in and seeing their kitchen. And the kitchen was like newly remodeled. It was beautiful. And as a first impression, it was just like, wow, this is super dope. And it was also like, man, how come I don't have something like this? Why am I in a one bedroom apartment right now? You know what I'm saying? Because that's what we do sometimes as human beings in our flesh. We allow ourselves to jump the gun and start coveting things that people have before we fully understand how they have it, the responsibility of it. And look, here's the real key. Everything that it took for them to get it, because the reality is sometimes we want what people have, but we are not willing to give up what they had to give up to get it. We don't want to sacrifice at all. And sidebar, I think it's really important to say this. Steve did give me permission to tell this story over the radio airwaves. And I'm specifically saying this because I don't have full confidence that Steve may have relayed that information to his wife. And just in case she happens to be around him and he's listening to this show and she starts hearing their business pop up, I don't want her to be mad at me. I would be a lot more comfortable if she was mad at him. So here's to an argument in the Bennett household. Take cover, Steve. Now back to the story. So we find ourselves sitting around a dinner table, having good food, good conversation, getting to know one another. You know what I mean? Like that's what life is all about. Just enjoying fellowship with people and peeling back the layers. You know what I'm saying? And so in doing that, we all were talking about our jobs. We talked about our apartment and, you know, where we lived and what our plans and goals were from there. And they started telling us about, you know, some of their journey. We're sitting in the dining room and we could see this beautiful kitchen from where we were sitting. And I remember they start telling the story about how the kitchen became new. I don't want to get into all the details because that's where my memory fades me a little bit. but. I know that their kitchen caught on fire and Steve is actually burned in the midst of it. So his hand is burned, which it's a scar that still lives with him to this day. Um, I actually think he made it out pretty good given the situation. So thank God for that. You know, now they find themselves in a situation where, man, we have to get our kitchen redone. And they end up with the finished result, which we saw when we walked through the door, a beautiful kitchen. And it was love at first sight. I want to be with this kitchen forever. You're such a cute kitchen. Oh, look at you. Look at your stove and your refrigerator. I love you. you. And then you learn about the flaws and the conditions kick in. Like, oh, no, man. I mean, I don't know if I want to be with a kitchen like this that been through that. And it's like, I thought you said you wanted to cook on my stove forever. 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 I remember as they were telling that story, I was convicted. Because here I am sitting there when I first walk in thinking, man, this is so beautiful. 
and really feeling insecure about my own situation at the time because listen, y'all, the apartment I was living in back then, if you spin around in a circle, you go from the kitchen to the bathroom to the bedroom, okay? It was about the size of a box that you get a shipment in in the mail with a t-shirt in it, okay? That's the apartment that I lived in, a t-shirt box. And I remember sitting there thinking in the back of my mind, man, I wanna be in a house like this. Even though at the time I had never owned a house and I didn't know what the responsibility meant. I just saw something and said I wanted it and wasn't even educated or prepared to have it. And so as they told that story, the reason I was convicted is because I realized I wanted the kitchen, but I didn't want to go through the fire. And I thank God because when I find myself in covetous situations, that scenario, that day, always replays in my mind. And I remind myself that the thing that I'm looking at, that I'm coveting, that I think I want, that I think I need, do I really understand everything that it's going to cost me to get it? The moral of the story is that cost them something. And it's not right for me or anyone else to walk in someone's home or look at someone's job or look at someone's lifestyle and say, I want that or I deserve that or why don't I have that when I haven't gone through what they went through to get it. And you know what I'm about to say, don't you? It's that word I always use on this show. I haven't gone through the process. Pri-pri-pri-says. Look at David. Yeah, we all want to be anointed as the king, right? I want to be great. You will be great and travel this nation and do this. We all want those prophecies. But do you want to have to go slay the giant? Because last time I checked, when Goliath came in town, wasn't too many people trying to go up against my man because he was killing people. And he was challenging whoever. And so... Until you've gone through the David process, don't covet David's crown. And that's just a general principle in a way that I've learned to look through things for myself. Doesn't mean I'm 100% perfect in that because I'm human as well. And that's why I share the story like that is because we all have these battles. I'm not trying to front at all. What I've learned to do is say, look, Jay, before you look at someone else's situation, on the surface and the superficial aspects of it or the benefits of it and say you want it, first find out what did they have to do to get it. At the end of the day, respect the process and respect what people have sacrificed because otherwise we disrespect them by making it seem like it was easy to get what they have. We can't all just up and do what the next person does or get what they have because that person sacrificed something, man. And you got to be willing to sacrifice that if you want it. And honestly, even more importantly, you need to make sure that what you want is what God wants you to want. <sighs> man, what? What? What up, Jay? First of all, you don't get to just, you know, invade my studio and then come in here with this somber attitude. What's going on, man? You got in trouble with Kenya or something? Got in trouble because of Kenya. What, what happened, bro? Glad you asked. So. <laughs> I'm not sure that I'm glad I asked, but well, okay. you know, I don't have the energy to fight you today, man. Wow. I'm exhausted. This is a first. I'm tired. So. I'm tired of you. My wife and I got married fairly 
recently. It was just her and I. We don't have any children, so we're just kind of enjoying life, married life together, enjoying each other. Then maybe two months into the marriage, we see this cute little cat outside. Oh, this story's going to be bad. The cat runs up to my wife and meows at her. Mmm. My wife says, oh, my gosh, she is so cute. Can, can we feed her? And you said no, right? I said absolutely not. That's the man right there. I said if you feed it, we didn't know it was her yet. If, we, if you feed it, it will never go away. Amen. Put my foot down. That's a real man right there. As a man. That's a real man. She fed it anyway. That's a real woman right there. Yeah. <laughs> That's a real woman. Oh, so she feeds this cat. And it, of course, now it comes around all the time. <sighs> I'm scared to say this because I know you're going to. I'm about to go off on you. You're going to do it anyway. Somebody's going to say it. <laughs> I, I let the cat in the house. Wow. It came in and it was looking around and it was like, oh, okay, I like this. I like this place. And uh, long story short, the cat was pregnant. Oh. My goodness. We had no idea. So now we have this cat that's on the inside and it's pregnant and then it has babies. Thank God it only had two because normally, apparently, cats have one of their litters or whatever is like seven or eight. Wow. So she had two. So she had, were, were those twins? They, they were not. Uh, they actually came one after the other. You can kind of tell now. But it was funny, man, because once she had the babies... She, she totally changed. Mm. Um, the, the cat changed. Her, her name is Abigail, and uh, we sounds we, like a human name. Well, I'm gonna tell you why. So we we named her Abigail because my wife wanted to, you know, she said if we ever have children, I wanted, you know, she wanted to name our daughter Abigail, and mm. I said, well, honey, um, we're we're black, you know. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, I've never met a, a black Abigail before, so no. First of all, you're not. 100% black. So let's let our viewers out there um, know that. Hey, most of them have never seen me. So. Exactly. So for those of you who think that Lavelle is some, yeah, he, he's not fully black himself. So I, I have no idea why he said that. But go ahead. Well, because of the name. I was like, no way we named it. I said, we named the cat Abigail. So we named the cat Abigail. And when, when Abby first came in, she was super sweet. We, you know, she was just rubbing up. You know, she just was, was, was awesome, right? Once she had the babies, she became really overprotective. She would not let us come around the babies. And then, get this, her and my wife got into it. Like, Your wife is now arguing with this cat. They got into it because she hid the babies behind our dresser, and Kenya was at the dresser getting dressed, and I guess Abigail thought that she was messing with the babies, and she ran over there and bit her, so... My wife was like, I don't like her no more. Da, 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 da. And she's just going through this, this whole thing. My whole point is we started off with just my wife and I. And now we have three cats. And those babies grew up so quick. And it, it got me thinking, like, sometimes you could take something innocent in. Mm. But later on, end up regretting the decision that you made man that really is deep for real because i think it's so easy sometimes to make a small decision mm -hmm. right and we've all been there i know i have speaking for myself 
there have been things that you start off doing or you let in and you're thinking, oh, it's just this. Mm -hmm. It's just this small thing. Mm -hmm. And then you look up and it's like, oh, sin had a baby? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, sin had twins. Mm -hmm. It's sins. You thought it was just one sin. It's sins. Sins. (laughs) (laughs) But no, seriously, like, and so I think that is really how things go a lot of times because if you knew how bad something was going to be, you probably would never make that decision. A lot of times when we make bad decisions, we're not making the the decision for the twins. Mm -hmm. You're just feeding the cat at the Ah. beginning. It's like, oh, it's just a little cat outside meowing. I'm just throw some old bread out there. I'm sure y'all had old bread. Y'all look like the type (laughs) of people that got bread that's two days from expiring. To me, that's old, bro. If I come over your house, and it's the 22nd, and your bread say the 19th, throw that out, man. I'm only eating bread within the first three days of purchasing it, first of all. Mm -hmm. So anyway, the cats over here would have got some good bread, but your cats got some bad bread three days from expiring. But y'all thought y'all were just getting that one cat, and Mm -hmm. it came with something else. And I, I really do believe that that's how sin is. Mm-hmm. Sin carries babies. Mm. And it comes with things that you can't see in that moment. And those are the things that end up destroying you. Like these little cats came in arguing with your wife and destroying y'all life. Mm-hmm. James chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. It says, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, Mm. It bringeth forth a deep conversation. Sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. So y'all should have named y'all cat <laughs> Lust <laughs> and Death. <laughs> right? Named her Lust and the babies are Sin and Death. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's deep though, because this deals now with that internal struggle. Mm. And I think that sometimes it's hard for us to understand and know that in this human flesh, Mm -hmm. there are going to be struggles for all of us. And I think that's important not to be self-righteous in that way, Mm -hmm. because think about what did the cat do? Mm -hmm. What did sin do? Meow. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. it's going to always be a sin knocking at your front door, Mm -hmm. trying to look all cute. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Throw me some bread. Throw me this and that. And we have to be disciplined and leaning on the Lord enough to know and wise enough to know, like, nope, I can't tell right now, but that's going to conceive something. Mm. No, that mm. that's pregnant. And again, it's, it's not something that you just graduate from and just have all figured out in this life. Mm-hmm. But I believe this is the power of the word and having the word in your heart that you can grab at the word of God when those things come about. Because for me, having the word in my heart Mm -hmm. versus when I didn't have the word in my heart, Mm -hmm. if you're not reading the word and don't really have it engraved in a a part of your DNA, you don't have nothing to grab at when the cat is meowing. Mm -hmm. But when the word is in your heart, it's like, oh, no, no, Abby. Oh, no, that's going. That cat want a human name. (laughs) Abigail is pregnant. You know what I'm saying? And so at the end of the day, man, I just think that that wisdom comes when you can have foresight beyond the moment. Mm 
Yes. We got to have that ability to look beyond what's at our front door right now. Mm-hmm. That's, it's amazing to me, man, how many small, innocent things yep. we allow into our lives. And those things end up growing up and choking us to death. Man. It's amazing, man. Jesus said, I, I, don't, I don't know where it is. It's in the Bible. Mm, that's a start. <laughs> but uh, Jesus said that it's the, the little foxes yeah. that spoil the vine. Man. Right? It's the, little, it's the little things. We have to be very careful. Little, it's a, a, a little like on social media. A little like. A little like. Just, just, I just clicked like on, on this, this particular post here. You know, I don't, yep. I don't totally agree with it, but uh, I, I just want to support the, it's just a little thing. One little share. One little share. And, and once we do that, then as James said, that lust conceives. You know what that requires, though? That requires you to take the small thing serious. Mm-hmm. And again, I know for a fact that I haven't always take, taken small things serious because you look at things and you're like, it's just a little cat at the door. Right. And if you've ever taken something serious because you've had foresight beyond what the person right there saw, the people that you're dealing with, it's like they might look at you like you're crazy. Like, it's just a cat at the door. Mm-hmm. But when you got the word in your heart, you're like, but that cat is pregnant. Uh, Y'all can't see it. Right. But I'm telling you, that cat ain't come by itself. Right. It has something else with it that it wants to bring into your life and destroy your life. Because, again, what is the devil's goal? To steal, kill, and destroy. He's Mm -hmm. going around like a roaring lion Mm -hmm. seeking whom he may devour. Yes, sir. You know, to to just eat some bread. And that's another thing. You better be happy that's just the cat. (laughs) You better be happy it ain't grow up to be something else. You know what I mean? Because... (laughs) Right. At the end of the day, things come into our lives looking all innocent, looking all nice. All, oh, it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And we, I, I would urge people, when something happens and you find yourself saying it's not a big deal, mm-hmm. take a step back and ask yourself, is it? Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. could it be a bigger deal than I'm making it? Right. Wow. That's really good, man. We do have to be very, very careful not to allow those little things to, to grow up and, 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 and choke us, you know, and, and take the life out of us, take the Christianity. A lot, you know how many people are leaving Christianity because of something that started off little? I always say this, man. The devil is very cunning, and there are certain things that he's just not going to throw at you, right? Like me, for instance. I never smoked cigarettes. Never had a desire to smoke cigarettes. Like it was, it was disgusting to me from a child. Right. I have always hated cigarettes. Do you think the devil gonna come to me and try to tempt me with smoking cigarettes? Of I don't not. care how many of my friends are around me and they all like, well, just come on, just smoke this cigarette. It's not gonna do anything for me. So the devil is wise enough to know that I'm not gonna throw cigarettes at him, but I know that his weakness is this. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to throw. So in other words, what I'm saying is the devil is not going to throw the full kitchen sink at you first. Exactly. It's going to start off with the little things, yeah. the little tiny things that end up growing up and choking the life out of you. And you know what? In order to see little things, sometimes you have to be paying attention. Mm. And I think sometimes as Christians, we can just be kind of casually going throughout life and not aware 
of the things that the enemy is throwing at us and not aware of what we liking or what we're sharing or what we're amening. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. sometimes you can just be going along and just, oh, yeah, that's cool. That's great. And you're not really alert. Mm-hmm. And it's so important as Christians to be alert because the enemy wants to catch you off guard. Oh, yes. He doesn't want to fight fair. <laughs> right. He want to sucker punch you. Carry a pocket full of dirt. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and that's the thing is like he wants to catch you slipping. And when we're walking around not paying attention, being super casual about everything we do and, you know, just all nonchalant, then we put ourselves in a position sometimes to give bread to a cat. Wow. That is amazing. All right, man, I got to go. Ha! Beat you to it! No, no, hold on. I got to ask you something first, though. Yes. How long did you really think I was going to let you stay in here, my brother? Uh, no, 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 no. Please get out. No. <laughs> get out! Hey, and matter of fact, are you busy? Because I, I got three things of kitty litter to change right now. So if you ain't doing nothing, if you could come in. Oh, I'm not going nowhere near a cat or or their litter. Um, Whatever that actually is. I don't know what kitty litter is, but... um. <laughs> I'm going to take some advice. I do. You know what? I'll say this. There, one thing that I've done, I want to make a confession. Okay. One of the small things that I've Confessions done is that. Jay Will. Well, okay. Create the segment if you want to. <laughs> I think it's a perfect setup. One of the small things that I've done that I want the world to know, the mm-hmm. mistake that I made, is when I started letting you come into the studio <laughs> and do this segment. And you know what? No longer will you and whatever else you brought up in here, was it cookies or cake? Hold on, because hold on. That cake you and Kenya made, we <laughs> we can keep the pound cake. Okay. Thank y'all for that. that, you, that you, was, do, you do realize you've never invited me in, but I always get in, right? Listen, well, okay. I gotta take that up with security. All right. <laughs> see you later, man. Security. 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 Today's show is sponsored by my social media pages. Okay, first up, we have my Instagram page. That's right. The name is at Mr. Bellwether. How do you spell that? It's that little at sign, right? The A with the circle around it. Then Mr. is M-R. And you got to do the little underscore thing. Bellwether. B-E-L-L-W-E-T-H-E-R. That's Mr. underscore Bellwether. Why would you want to follow me on Instagram? Well, first of all, you want to help me get 10,000 followers. I am currently sitting at 9,380 followers. And the reason I want to get to 10,000 followers is because Instagram actually unlocks like advanced features when you get 10,000 followers. That's really the only reason I need you to do it. Other than that, I post about a couple times a week, post very interesting things in my stories. Look, if you like this show, you want to follow me on Instagram. It just makes sense. You know what I'm saying? You might see a picture of my wife every now and then. You know y'all nosy, right? So for no other reason, check me out at at Mr. Underscore Bellwether so you can see my beautiful wife. What's next? We got my Twitter profile. I just started back using Twitter recently. The name on there is at Music. That's pretty simple. At sign J-W-I-L-M-U-S-I-C. We got 11,000 followers there, but we had 12 before. Follow me. Give me back to 12,000. 12,000. Speaking of bellwether, I want to talk a little more about my fashion brand. I feel like y'all deserve to know. You get what I'm saying? I went back and forth about whether or not I should change the name on my Instagram account ever since I, you know, stopped doing the fashion thing a couple of years ago. But it kind of stuck. The name stuck. 
Actually, um, my homeboy Jeff is the person that started calling me Mr. Bellwether. I used to work closely with him for manufacturing and things with the brand when we were, you know, producing Bellwether. And he started calling me that, and that's what made me change my Instagram name to that in the first place. And even though I'm not doing Bellwether as a fashion brand right now, you know, I realized that it was bigger than that. It was really like a moment in my life where I began to grow into a bellwether. Like it really was who I am. So it wasn't just like a gimmick or something catchy or trendy. And a lot of times when the Lord gives me stuff, that's how it is. And I'm thankful for that. I don't want what I'm doing to just be a logo, right? I'm really trying to live it out. And that's no different with Inspire God's People. This is not just the name of a show you know, or something catchy or trendy that I'm trying to do, it really started as a lifestyle thing. And so I'm thankful for that experience, even though, you know, I call it my greatest failure. Why do I say that? I actually mean that in a positive way, because a lot of times when we fail in life, you know, we walk away with regret, as I have as well. Like there are certain failures in your life that you know, when you look back on them, it's not a good feeling. It's like, man, I wish I could have did that differently. But one thing I appreciate about the Bellwether fashion experience is that it was a great failure, meaning it was a failure that actually produced something. Like I've never failed that greatly in my life. Like I never look back on something that I failed at and feel that good about it. And it's because there was so much substance in it that I wasn't wasting time. So even though the time came to an end, I was able to walk away and I have some things that stayed with me, you know, work ethic and just, I learned a lot about the fashion um, industry as well, to be honest. I actually know quite a bit about producing fashion and I'm thankful for that as well. Like I was a part of something called the Detroit Garment Group and, you know, I took classes and all type of things. I was working with seamstress and, you know, just, man, I was like knee deep into the fashion deal, doing a lot of custom things. And those experiences are still valuable to me today. Number one, because I have that knowledge, I'm sure that I'll produce some type of fashion, whether it be hats, t-shirts, polos, or whatever, sometime in the future. So those are things that stay with you. And that's the beautiful thing about education in general, is that no one could take it from you. And I've also had the opportunity to you know, consult and help other brands get off the ground because, again, I learned a lot during that time. And, you know, the last reason that I would call Bellwether Fashion my greatest failure is because walking out of Bellwether was walking into my purpose. I literally remember when it was coming to an end. And here's what happened. I'm going to give you guys a peek behind the curtain. I was getting a lot of opportunities and a lot of people were reaching out to me to be a part of fashion shows and and different things. But to be honest, the opportunities I was getting was a lot of stuff that was more so in the secular side of fashion, if you want to call it that. It was a lot of worldly events. And quite frankly, it just didn't feel like my purpose. Like I did. I wasn't at peace with the opportunities I was getting, there was some big names thrown in there. And, you know, that's kind of how people invite you to things like that. They'll say, oh, it's being hosted by such and such, or this person's going to be there. And by telling me that, 
they thought it was making it a more attractive situation for me, but it was actually discouraging me because I'm like, man, this isn't the audience that I want to be around. You know what I mean? It's not that I want it to be like super churchy or something like that. I understand that, you know, in this world, you know, we can go out and minister to people and do things. But the fashion industry is a very weird place to start off with. And so I just didn't want to find myself in compromising situations. So I started taking a step back and I remember I was actually kicking it with Gabe and I was telling him, you know, Gabe Parker, Path the Revelation podcast and radio show, you know, look him up. He has a great show. I was telling him like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I just know that I need to take a step back from this. It was through that process that the Lord gave me the idea for Christian lifestyle brand. And I was able to do this really great event in 2018 um, where I brought people in, uh, me and my wife paid for everything. And it was just a great day. We did some ministry, some financial coaching. Um, we hired a company to do that and just some amazing things with Christian lifestyle brand, which I'm sure I'll do things like that again in the future. But then that was a bridge into inspire God's people. And one thing that I look back on is that if I never would have walked away from Bellwether, I literally would not be speaking to you right now. And that's the power of purpose. And so what am I saying right now? I'm telling you that if you're going to fail, which it happens to the best of us, right? Then don't waste your failure. Get something out of it. There is purpose in failure. There's education. There's lessons to be learned. There's fruit that could come out of your failure. And if you're like me, you wasted too much time in your life up to this point, failing and getting nothing out of it. Look, man, if I'm going to fall out of my face, then I better learn something. I better learn something that's going to be resourceful and beneficial to me in my future somehow, some way. Fail towards your next idea. Fail towards your next success. But by all means, do not just fail just to fail because it's going to happen at some point. Listen, none of us are perfect. I've tried many things. And for whatever reason, right, with Bellwether, it wasn't that it wasn't selling. It wasn't that people didn't like it. Look, as a matter of fact, I don't know if this is a good or bad thing, but people still walk up to me and be like, oh, man, yeah, I got to grab a hat. I got to You still got that jacket, bro. I'm like, I ain't had the jacket in three years. But anyway, let's keep it on that fashion vibe while we get into what in the world. Because I got a couple of good stories that I'm going to need a little feedback and some help on on how to process them. Because I'm struggling a little bit, y'all. I'm struggling. God's people, what in the world is up with Christian entrepreneurs who still, yes, I said still, breaking commandments out here, y'all. What's up with these people? I understand. You have a business. You're broke trying to run this business. It's tough out here. It's hard to come up with ideas sometimes. But listen, maybe that wasn't what you were called to. You get what I'm saying? If you can't come up with your own ideas then maybe you need to be doing something else. This is something that is really serious to me as a creator because, 
You know, I, I really take a lot of pride in my designs and the quotes and things that I come up with. And I can honestly say when I came up with things for my clothing line that they were original ideas that I set down at my office desk and drew up or, you know, someone who was working with my brand at the time kind of collaborated with me, whatever it was. But we definitely didn't look around and steal from other people. That is so weak to me. So I want to tell you all about two situations that I had. Let's rewind in time about six years. I had this song entitled Devil is a Liar featuring Jason Rutley. If you want to download that song, by the way, you can go and check out my album entitled Ultrasound. Ultrasound by J. Will Music. Download it now. Anyway, so we had this song and then I decided to have a T-shirt as well. So I go to my office, I spend hours designing for Devil is a Liar, printed up on t-shirts, and the thing sold like crazy. Well, lo and behold, I'm scrolling down my Facebook timeline one day, and I see this church group, and all I saw was my Devil is a Liar design on the front in a different color scheme, but the exact same design, and like names or something on the back. And I'm thinking, like, whoa, wait, what, huh? These people literally took my exact design and printed it on a shirt. And they like, look, fam, we got our whole little crew got the devil is a liar. Now, here's what makes me mad is that when Christians are being cheap, we can't be like that, man. I never get upset with people who don't want to purchase something that I'm selling. I'm not one of those people that just believe like, yo, man, just support me because I'm light skinned because like, no, it's my job to put out a quality product, something that you desire. So I never try to force people to support me, not even family. I just don't believe in that. But man, one thing I'm not going to be a fan of is if you actually like what I'm doing. But maybe you feel like I was charging a little too much or something. So somebody was like, hey, bro, we going to take that. We about to go and print our shirts up at the mall ourselves. So cool. That was that situation. Okay, now let's move on to situation number two. This one is 10 times worse than the first example for a couple of reasons. Number one, in that first scenario, this is just a group of random people who just decided, hey, we want to make bootleg copies for ourselves. And that's terrible, but okay, I get it. I don't get it, but I get it. You feel me? In situation number two, you actually have a company, a Christian brand that stole something of mine. I'm not going to lie, man. It hurt a little harder when somebody takes something from you and they turn around and make money off of it. You know, it's one thing when your cousin and your uncle just want to match at the church picnic. I get it. But this second situation really messed me up. So I made this post on Instagram back in 2017. It was an original quote. I have quotes in my phone. This is what I like to do. I take things and I word them a certain way. And sometimes I post them and I'm learning that I can't always do that, which doesn't make me happy. I'm scrolling on the gram and I see this Christian brand that has this design and I'm like, yo, 
this looks familiar because I thought I came up with that phrase. And I paused and I was like, okay, let's, let's not jump to conclusions, Jay. Go look at the date that you posted that. And then now go look at their Instagram and see like that they have this going on before you posted it and you guys just somehow came up with the same quote or what? Lo and behold, I go on their page and they actually reposted my actual quote a year after I posted it. But here's the thing, my name was cropped out. Now what I'm not gonna do is accuse them of being the ones who cropped out my name because in all fairness, sometimes people do that to me. They'll repost my stuff and they'll take my name out of it, I guess to make it look like they did it. I don't know, but it happens and it's like, okay, I get it. The internet is full of weird people. Nevertheless, shortly after that, they started promoting this new design. And I'm like, okay, cool, this is interesting. So they took my quote and they made their own design out of it. Now here, I just wanna take a second. I'm not mad at you if you're out there, but you gotta understand that credit is worth more than money. An artist signs his artwork for a reason, his or her. They put their name on it. That's worth more than any amount of money that you could pay someone because that says that this is mine. And what I just wanna say as a Christian company is even if you don't know that you stole it from me, you know good and well that that's not your quote. And so I would just like to give you some advice. Be original, be authentic. Let's not be so thirsty for an extra sale or a lot of likes that we're just on the internet looking to make designs out of memes. I don't know, y'all let me know out there. Please email me, hit me up on Instagram, at Mr. Underscore Bellwether. Let me know if I'm wrong. Should I not feel this way? Should I feel good as a Christian that other Christians are taking my things and selling them? Like they making real life money off of my quote. A person out there went to work, cashed their check, went to these people website, made a purchase on their credit card. It got shipped by the mailman, dropped off at their door, they opened the door, tried the shirt on, like a whole process happened and I ain't getting nothing out of it. I need y'all help, what am I supposed to do? Is it time for me to copyright my memes? Is that what it's come down to? I gotta start going through legal paperwork before I upload something to Instagram? I hope not, man. Come on, we could do better than this, people. We don't have to take from each other. I shouldn't have to hit you up on Instagram and ask you, did you know I was the person that you stole something from? You know how awkward that is? I got a slide in your DM to let you know you under social media arrest for stealing, breaking and entering on my page, and taking my quote? All right, man, I don't know what's going on. I need y'all help for real. Email me, jermainwilsonmusic at gmail.com. Tell me what I'm supposed to do. Decisions, decisions. God's people think about it. We've been dealing indirectly with how we go about making decisions that have a huge impact on our life, even when they seem like little things. Think about Lavelle and LaKenya and the cat meowing on the porch. Do we let sin in? Oftentimes we do, not realizing that sin had a baby. Man, now you gotta raise everything that sin brought in your house. That simple decision to open the door 
let so many things in. Think about me with Bellwether. I had to make a decision at some point, am I going to continue to do this thing or am I going to turn away from it? And that decision to turn away from it literally led to us being here today. So think about that. What decisions are you making today that are going to determine the projection of your future? So that's what I want Lavelle to come back and pray for us on today. I want him to pray about your decision making. Pray about my decision making. Because guess what, man? We can't casually go throughout this life thinking that we can just turn left, turn right when we feel like it, not pay attention to the Lord's direction. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I want God to order our steps and our decisions and be there to guide us, man, because you know what? Life is too short and I don't want to keep starting over. I don't want to have to, you know, let open up a door and let all type of stuff in and then spend the next 20 years trying to get everything out that I let in. You feel what I'm saying? So wouldn't it be a blessing for us from the jump to begin to make those decisions that will please God? So Lavelle, if you could come back and lead us into prayer, man, and no matter who you are and where you are in the world, it's for you. Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus and your word says in the book of Joel that there are multitudes in the valley of decisions. And Lord, we pray for those people right now who are in the valley of decision. Those people that have decisions to make, be they large or small, be they significant or in some people's minds, insignificant. Lord, we pray that the decisions that we make will line up with your word, knowing that every decision that we make carries consequences with it. Father, we pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that we would make decisions that would lead us into your will. For our decisions and the course that we take in our lives are like seeds planted, God. And we want those seeds to bring forth good fruit. So I pray for those people right now that, are, that have some tough decisions that you would lead, guide, and direct them by your Holy Spirit as to what to do. And when you speak to us and guide us, Lord, we pray that we will have a heart and a mind to listen and to obey what you're telling us through your Spirit. We thank you for it right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lavelle, for a great prayer. We're about to jump into the J. Will Music Song of the Day. Today is going to be a single that I dropped a few years ago called I Made It. I sample a track called, guess what? Process by LaToya Turntine Brown. Shout out to Toya. Let's do it. Produced by Darrell Red Campbell Jr. It's been a long time coming. And I made it this far by faith. But at the same time, though, you know, faith without works is dead. Oh, so 
soul So excuse me if my song sound like I've been here before I used to try to change, try to make myself the same Chasing fame, can't do that no more, that's off the door I finally made it to the point where I don't have to make it I finally made it to the point where I don't have to fake it Fronting and misleading everybody, that's what fame is So why would I ever want to be famous? Why do I care I'm not on your A-list? Hear me on the radio, add me to your playlist I'd rather be on your playlist than to be on the radio If me on the radio's the only reason you played it See, I prefer authentic interactions I'm trying to make everything I do full of passion May not be fit for mainstream Cause lately I ain't been feeling like we the same team I got a lot of stuff on my plate And everything don't always go my way But even on my darkest days Say I made it this far by faith It was a process I'm walking by faith cause everything that I see ain't necessarily beneficial to me You probably thinking that I should have given up by now You probably thinking that things ain't looking up right now You probably thinking man he ain't got what I got But I only made it this far because I got my God There's no such thing as a get rich quick scheme Opportunity doesn't knock it just sits on the porch Minding his own business waiting for you to visit But you'll never know it's there till you open the door God can open doors no man can close And he closes doors to save our souls But you can use free will to sign a crappy deal And end up selling your soul for a happy meal I got a lot of stuff on my plate And everything don't always go my way But even on my darkest days I can say I made it this far by faith It was a process change i'd rather do it my way they all sounding the same why would i clone a mistake if i want to be you that wouldn't be my only mistake i'd rather stay true to myself even if i fall on my face And the song is called I Made It, and you can find that at jermainwilson.bandcamp.com. J-E-R-M-A-I-N-E-W-I-L-S-O-N.B-A-N-D-C-A-M-P.com. Cool.